0: Lord, Lord, then at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home that I may die unfearing and And in its it's narrow narrow chamber keep my body still in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then... From death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see, O oh, Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Like, th- that's, like, that's where my comfort is, right? That's where, and then from death awaken me. That, you want to comfort some? You want, that's where I find comfort, Right? That in, in my grieving, that, that's the promise that I cling to. That's that foundational rock of, of the gospel that I run to.
1: Welcome to Christ in All Things, a conversation about
0: meaning and purpose. It's based on a Bible verse, Colossians 1.17, which says, Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together.
1: Christ in all things is a listening ear into conversations about receiving and giving the love and hope of Christ.
0: And these conversations, they are an invitation because as you'll hear, and as much as we enjoy having them, digital media operates from a distance. And that is not what's best for us with God or with one another.
1: So thanks for listening. And if you're in the neighborhood, we invite you to participate in person in The Life That Finds Its Epicenter at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street in Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. Hello, I am Pastor Lance O'Donnell.
0: I'm still Pastor Jason Shockman.
1: And we are back with, a month later, our little series that we're calling Grieving with Hope. Uh, Back with you, my friend, because we're one month out from from the death of your father.
0: Yeah, we are. Hmm.
1: And so to talk a little bit about that. And I want to begin with a prayer. Almighty and most merciful God, you bring us through suffering and death with our Lord Jesus Christ to enter with him into glory. Grant us grace at all times to acknowledge and accept your holy and gracious will, to remain true in faith, and to find peace and joy in the resurrection of the dead and the glory of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
0: Amen. Amen. That sounds an awful lot like a prayer I said today. Yeah, at somebody's... Hospice bedside. Bedside. Yeah. Um,
1: Again, thanks for doing this. And, you know, you, uh, we all grieve one of the, one of the blessings of the previous conversation. And I would commend that to our listeners because we, we had an interview with you a week out from your father's
0: funeral. Days after actually. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Just three or four days after the funeral, but about a week out, well, it was a week and a half out from his death. Yeah, About a a week. Yeah. Week and a half. One of the things that was interesting from that conversation and I think helpful for people is we we talked about how people grieve differently, differently, and that's okay and and that that and that that's okay and to to bear with one another in love at as, as that occur, as that occurs, you came right back at it to work, yeah, immediately, yeah after <laughs> and to some degree because the situation here, almost demanded it. (laughs) Uh, on the other hand, right. If, if you needed more time, we would have made it happen because that's what we do. But you're also, you also seem to be the type that needs to engage with the text of God's word and be around people. And that that's helpful. Yeah. In grieving.
0: Well, in, in life and not just in grieving. So, um, I I've said this before. I don't know that I've said this publicly here at St. Paul's. Uh, I may have said it to you in our own conversations, but, um, large in part for me, like looking back on my life, one of the reasons that I'm in church work, um, is because I need, I need that, uh, that regular engagement with God's word. And, uh, <laughs> I I need it to be something I have to do, or, or I would be lost. I would social butterfly and flit away into whatever thing I was dreaming about doing. Or he's very
1: extroverted. Or
0: whatever, right? I I need, I, I, and I learned I learned this along the way. Like for the sake of my own spiritual well being, um, I, I I need to be almost forced to be in the text, in the word, dealing with what it says, sharing it with other people. I, I don't know that if that wasn't my vocation, if I would have the discipline to do that. Sure. Right. So, uh, you know, people have said, well, you know, pastor, you, you, you must have such you know great faith to be a pastor and and deal with the things that you deal with. And my answer is no. <laughs> if anything, quite the opposite is, uh, I need this vocation uh, to keep me grounded in the Word because I know my own sinful flesh. Right, uh, I know I would, of my own accord, find all kinds of other things to fill my to time be occupied with. with. Oh yeah, I mean oh yeah. So, you did.
1: Dive right back into work. Yep. But there are moments my experience has been, uh, both personally and observing others. Diving back in at it, but there are moments when we kind of get blindsided by, oh, yeah, and you... Has there, have there been some times that you can recall in the last, in the last month where multiple,
0: (laughs) um, talk about it, it. it for me. Uh, and I think we mentioned this last time, but, uh, for me, it's music. Okay. Right. Um, where we'll be singing a hymn in, in church and, All of a sudden, it whack, there it is. There's grief, full bore, full force. And it's everything I can do not to just sit down on the pew and weep. Uh, And so I I, I don't. I quit singing and I turn my head to the side and breathe and kind of clench my jaw and get a hold of myself and remember and then remember, right? Um, He's home. Yeah. And Christ is coming to take me home along with the rest of his church, his, his family. Um, and so then I am, I am able to reflect on those promises rather quickly.
1: Is there a particular promi- um, promise that is,
0: that is comforting?
1: Well, that has stuck out to you in the last month.
0: it's the one that I always cling to. Right. Um, being, being a person whose person, like my body, right. Doesn't work right. Hasn't worked right for, since I was 16. Um, And and if you're listening
1: and don't know, he's referring to his type one diabetes. Well, amongst
0: other things, right. Uh, it's, it's a laundry list and is, you know, nerdiness. (laughs) Nice. Uh, It's, I mean, it's a laundry list, right? There's, as uh, our principal, Jill George says, um, you know, because of me now, when they interview potential staff, one of the things they're asking, going to start asking for is like a medical history. (laughs) It's totally a joke, but um, I'm just all kinds of physically broken. And uh, so I am I am all the more just in my daily living, right. Anticipating the resurrection of the body and, and this body working right. Um, and so l- largely uh, that is the promise that I run to. That is the, 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 the resurrection reality, right. It's not just a somewhere out there uh, out where dreams come true kind of promise. It's, it is a reality right now and while i don't experience the fullness of it right now i get a foretaste of it in the lord's supper every week some multiple times a weekend right uh i get that that assurance of forgiveness and life and salvation that that really uh, are the foundation on which i stand and that shores me up um I'm, i'm curious yeah
1: because you've been a pastor for 15 years, yeah. and a church worker for when you consider your time as a director of Christian education, yeah. 18 yeah. in seminary. And so you've, you've been around grief and you've walked with people in grief and uh, for, you know, getting close to two dec- two decades here. But now you're in the midst wow. of it yourself. I'm curious if anything surprised you in the last month.
0: You don't have to say yes. Um, yeah, well, uh, I, right in this, welcome to my sinful flesh folks. Um, I was surprised by how, uh, how often internally, although i never, I don't think I let it externally be seen or heard, but how internally my dialogue uh, my, the, you know, the ever present internal monologue, um, when someone would say, oh, I'm so sorry to hear about your father or the loss of your father or something like that. Uh, my, my initial internal dialogue was not kindness, <laughs> you know, um, I, I think, why, one, and why is that? I don't know. Um, I, I think I said at one point to you that the hardest thing about this, um, has been. Uh, people sharing their sympathy, um, as as if I should be weeping and sad all the time, or as if I am weeping and sad all the time, and I'm not. Um, and so, I think part of why that's been a challenge is. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's because I don't want to do it. I don't want to be weepy and sad. Um, uh, if it, I don't know if it's because, um, you know, some of these people knew my dad well, and some of these people didn't really know my dad at all. Uh, and so I can, I, they understand that I'm grieving, but, um, I think part of the part of that struggle again, it's my own, it's my own sinful flesh, um, is is saying, I, I don't need to hear that, right? I, I'm good. Let's go. Right, the promise is in front of us. Christ is coming. One, two, three. Anytime now. Still doesn't work. Um, and so I, that's where I want to fix my hope. I don't want to dwell in. In the sorrow. I don't want to dwell in the valley of the shadow of death. So wh- I walk in it all the time.
1: So why, why do, what, what maybe is another reason that people say those things to you?
0: Oh, it, again, part, part of my sinful flesh says, because they, they need to say it, not because I need to hear it. And that may be a little, and a they little need, crass. And right? they need to say it. But to, for, com- to comfort them, right? Because they feel like they need to comfort them. That they would be grieving in a, maybe in a different way, or they are, you know, when one part of the body of Christ, all the parts of the body of Christ, when one part of the body of Christ hurts, the entire body hurts, right? You stub your little toe and your whole body bends over to...
1: part. And part of my suggestion on that is for those who are grieving and are of the same... Mind as Pastor Shockman here, and that's, I would dare say, eventually a lot most people, a lot of people, yeah. But some sometimes, sometimes we ask because our culture is weird about grief, <laughs> and we still miss our loved ones. You know, i I remember yeah. I had a moment when you and I were in that interview. You said something I don't remember. What it was exactly? Yeah, but I—I I mean, I immediately—I was—I was shocked. I was stunned by it. You said something, in immediately, like, like I had to push the mic away. I remember that. Um. My my sense is part of the reason people ask is they care. Yeah, and they want to express that. Oh well, yeah. Part of it is because your grieving gives them the opportunity to grieve too.
0: Yeah. And 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 again welcome to my sinful flesh. Right. I, yeah. Okay. We'll jump right on in the, to my nightmare. The water's warm. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I also recognize that people care and this is why they express sympathy and, and want to share sorrow because a, a burden shared is a burden halved. Right. Um, uh, or sometimes doubled. Sure. Um, d- depending on how it's shared. Right. Um, so I, and I recognize that many people share their sympathies because they've lost a loved one too. And they know that, that sorrow and they know that longing, um, to be able to have another conversation with their, with their loved one. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you simultaneously recognize that rejoice in it. Yeah. And also, Recoil at it, yeah, uh,
0: and and you know this is, and that doesn't mean don't talk to you, right, right. Uh, you know, I I reflect on um, Job, in in his great loss, right. I mean, he loses everything except his wife, who nags him <laughs> about why he isn't cursing God for having lost everything. Sure, right, um, and and Job's friends. To their credit, they come to Job's side and they sit with him in silence. And then the wheels fall off when they open their mouths, right? Uh, and it's, it's not till the young man, uh, Elihu, who at the, you know, toward the end of this whole, uh, you know, the diatribe of his, of his friend's, uh, Bill Dead Zophar so and whatever the guy's other guy's name is. I can never remember the third one. Um, you know, th- this young man says, I've been listening to all of this and, and you guys are kind of missing the point. Right. And he comes in and just does this really solid move theologically and kind of rescues, uh, Job from the grief of his friends. Uh, and, and so I think, um, we, we are, as we talk about our life of faith, as, as, as Christians share their life together in faith, we do speak about God and about his hope and about his promises, and that makes us theologians, all of us. Uh, and kind of the, the underlying question then is, well, what kind of theologian are you going to be? Right? Are you going to be a theologian like Elihu who, who says, I, we can't know what God knows, but we can trust his word and we can trust his promise. Uh, rather than trying to explain why God does what God does, which is all the other friends, right? Um, and so uh, I, I, have, I have learned in almost 20 years of church work, that um, often, with people who are grieving, I would rather just be present. And if I say, it, when when I say something, I want to point us to the resurrection promise. And I, I I always want to point to not this moment of grief, but to the certainty of what is promised. And I want that in my own, in my own experience of grieving. Right. Um, and, and so often those, those sympathies, which are spoken in care and spoken in love, uh, and from, from maybe even from a place of sharing in grief, um, I'd, I'd rather hear the resurrection promise. Yeah. Which interestingly, the hymns that get me right. Are the, like the one, like the one I sang this afternoon uh, or today. Um, Lord,
1: the, I love with all my heart. Yeah. There is If, if you don't know, Lord, the, I love with all my heart. It's, uh, it was written in the 16th century by a Lutheran pastor named Martin Schalling in the midst, as I understand of a plague. And it's this magnificent, magnificent confession Of the resurrection promises.
0: Uh, 708 in LSB. Lutheran service book. There you go. Uh, Yeah. Lord, Lord, then at last thine angels come to Abram's bosom, bear me home that I may die unfearing and And in its narrow chamber keep my body still in peaceful sleep until thy reappearing. And then... From death awaken me, that these mine eyes with joy may see. O oh, Son of God, thy glorious face, my Savior and my fount of grace. Like th- that's like that's where my comfort is, right? That's where. And then from death awaken me. That you want to comfort some? You want? That's where I find comfort, right? That in, in my grieving, that that's the promise that I cling to. That's that foundational rock of, of the gospel that I run to. So when we're singing one of those hymns in church and all of a sudden it just like whack hits me full, you know, the grief just overwhelms me, hits me full face. And you're looking across the chancel at me and I'm not looking at you and I'm kind of trying to bite my tongue or my lip or something. Uh, just just to keep from welling up and actually letting tears <laughs> fall down my face, right That's where I'm running yeah that's that's where that's where I'm internally that's where the monologue takes me is oh yeah, th- but this is the promise, and then from death awaken me so which, I, which mm-hmm. that promise in and of itself sometimes is the one that makes me weepy
1: <laughs> and rightly so, yeah. So I asked you what if anything surprised you after almost two decades of church work and now going through this yourself. Yeah. There obviously there, there are obviously some obvious things. Have the obvious things been obvious?
0: Yeah. Which are like well what what do you mean by the obvious things?
1: That there will be moments when you're just hit by this, yeah. That the comfort of the resurrection will be, is, that, that is people will say thang- things that annoy
0: you, yeah. Uh, all those, right? All those, uh, all those obvious things, right? the The surprise for me was, the the, the surprise for me was how how quickly my I don't want to hear that popped up when people would share their sympathies. Now again, please, folks, that doesn't mean I don't want you. To share your sympathy. That doesn't mean I don't want you to talk to me about it. That doesn't mean I don't care. I do. It surprised me. That my reaction to that internally was as strong as it was. Um, The obvious things though. Oh yeah. You know, stumbling across a note my dad wrote in one of his Bibles that I have now. Uh. Yep. That, that's, that's grief inducing. Uh, that'll bring it right to the surface. Um, you know, Just the conscious the conscious thought that uh, the pastoral care companion that I'm using now is my dad's. The communion kit that I'm using now to take communion to shut-ins. It was my dad's. Um, and there are those, those moments where, you know, touching, using, handling these things that I know my father, touched and handled and used. Um, There's a longing there, right? There's a longing there because, because death is not a natural part of life. Yeah. And, and the longing is to live and to live in Christ.
1: Would you do anything differently? in the last month than what you've done?
0: I don't think so. Um, I, cer- I certainly wouldn't have stayed at work, w- away from work any longer. Um, that was good for me to be able to jump back in.
1: You were back a, a day later, two days later, Yeah, if I remember rightly.
0: Yeah. Funeral was on Wednesday. I was back in the office Friday, and everybody was looking at me weird. <laughs> You know, and, shouldn't you not be here? Like you just buried your father. Shouldn't you not be here? Like, well, where else am I going to be? Like, what else am I going to do? Right. I, I remember, I remember
1: Jason, when, when my wife and I buried our little baby Neil mm. and, and how important it was for me to do that funeral. Yeah. Um, And I, I remember you know, and I'm at work, and my elders. I'm sole pastor of this congregation in Ohio at the time, and people are very supportive. And I was right back at it. And I, at some point, I remember fairly quickly telling people, because this is reflecting me just kind of knowing myself a little bit. Yeah, I said at some point, this is going to really hit me, and I'm going to need. I'm going to need to take a short vacation, and I'll let you know when that happens. Yeah. And that, that, that would be me. It'll hit, you know, and I will be, I know it'll hit me and I will need, I will need to disengage for a while and go be with my family or sit and read Psalm ninety fifty times or something. You know, um,
0: good place to go,
1: <laughs> you know, teach us a number of days. Yeah. All that right.
0: we may gain a heart of wisdom
1: that we may gain a heart of wisdom.
0: Yeah. Um, I think, um, Part of me dives back into, part of me dives back in to run away from grief.
1: And what um, what do you mean?
0: To not have to deal with it.
1: Oh, going to work to run away from grief. Yeah. Okay.
0: Part of me, right? Sure. Goes, goes back to work and dives back in because, um, because I don't want to sit and mope and weep and be sad. Uh, and so I got stuff to do. Um, p- part of me knows that's where my hope is found anyway. So I want to be where I'm going to have hope now, or I'm going to, you know, dwell in grief.
1: And by the way, for an Ohio guy, yeah, you, you said that like a good Wisconsin guy.
0: Well, I've been here for 15 years now, you know, uh, it knows I'm a, I'm a, and I lived in the twin cities of Minnesota for a, for a time there, yeah. don't you know, uh, And, and so, um, and my wife would tell you that, uh, I'm an empathetic listener. Indeed. Right. So you put me around people that have a different accent and give it 10 minutes and I'll start sounding like them, um, or, or reflecting their accent. Right. Um, not, not because I'm trying to, not because I'm trying to, uh, but I think I think that's part of.
1: It's not cultural appropriation. It's empathy. Oh yeah,
0: N- not at all. Uh, <laughs> I, for me, I blame it on uh, the fact that, like, my years and years and years of of basically all of my life that I can remember singing in choirs, where the goal of singing in the choir is to sound like the people next to you, right? You just this is what this is what I kind of grew up doing is listening to the timber and the tone of.
1: That's a different series of podcast topics. Oh yeah. Because (laughs) you can learn a ton about life in the family of God by participating in a choir. Yes. With that, we'll be back. God bless you. For show notes and other information about this or other episodes of Christ in All Things, visit ChristinAllThings.org. Comments may be emailed to comments
0: at christinallthings.org. To support Christ in All Things, click the donate page at either christinallthings.org or splco.org.
1: In thanks for a one-time gift of $100 or more, you receive a pair of nerdy blue light blocking glasses with the Christ in All Things logo on them. Pastor Shockman loves these. (laughs) That is
0: so not true. Patrons who subscribe for a monthly gift of $20 or more will have early access to the show and receive some on-air clapping. As well as a pair of Wisconsin-made Christ in All Things hiking socks. Gifts of $1,000
1: or more will receive thunderous on-air clapping. (laughs) And a word of thanks. Plus a handmade leather Christ in All Things folio. By the
0: Murdy Creative Company. For a gift of $10,000 or more, we will go bleeping bananas. (laughs) Do a happy dance and take the show on the road to your home or wherever it is you'd like to fly us to record with you.
1: All post-production surplus supports youth ministry at St. Paul's. Thank you for your support.
0: Christ in All Things is a production of St. Paul's Lutheran Church, 210 East Pleasant Street, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. For more information about St. Paul's, visit splco.org, email us at infosplco.org, or call us at 262 567 5001. Intro, outro music, setting by Joseph Hurl, copyright 1998, Concordia Publishing House, used with permission.